Come on, lift your hands all over this house. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, receive my worship. Oh, yeah. Rim of my worship. Come on, lift those hands just for a moment. Come on. Let the presence of the Lord fill your heart today. Come on. Push into his presence today. It's here. He's here. He's here. He is here. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. Receive my worship. All of my worship. Oh, is my worship. All of my worship. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Worshiping him. Let the Lord know he's worthy today. He's worthy today. Hallelujah. He's worthy today. Oh, come on. Act like he's worthy. He's worthy. If you're online, someone shout amen. If you're online, give God a thumbs up, an amen, a holler. If you're here in the house, someone praise him today. He is worthy. I said he is worthy of our high praise. He is worthy of all my praise. His name is great and greatly to be praised. And let the church shout amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today for his presence is in the room. I'm thankful today that I have a roof over my head and food on my table. And I have an ability to praise God freely. I'm thankful today that he is my God, my King, my Lord, my Savior. And let the church shout in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's so good to see all of you today. I pray today that you will just allow the Spirit of God to lift you up and just minister to you as we are here gathered. I believe that God has a purpose in this place today. How many believe that today? Amen. Uh, how many is going to preach with me for just a little while today? Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you had a beautiful, amazing Thanksgiving. Those of you joining us online, we're thankful that you're here. If you're home on the couch in your jammies, well, come on, get involved in the Word today. Get your Bibles out. Allow your hearts to be full today with God's presence and His Word. Amen? Amen. This is a season of hope. Can you say that with me? A season of hope. I think you're going to see that on our screen behind me. It's going to be a time, a season, not just a sermon, but a season. Everybody shout season. It's not time to, to think, well, we're just going to have a, a theme for this time. No, this is a living way. This is a personal thing that you start living in hope and you have a season of hope. Come on, say it again. Season of hope. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, I want to live in that place, in that season of that hope that we're talking about. We are entering that season. And someone shout amen. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping with us. Thank you to all of our guests today. We're so excited that you're here and we hope that we can connect with you in a greater, deeper way and helping you along your journey, your path towards heaven. And I pray today that you will allow us to just walk beside you in that time. We're so grateful that God has blessed us in this season. Amen. As I sat at our table, my children were all home, and, uh, uh, and 
just one of those days, right? We had Thanksgiving on Friday instead of, of Thursday, and we had a great time on Thursday, but all the kids, everybody was home on Friday, and we were able to celebrate together. We sat around the table, and as you probably do, we all talk about things we're thankful for. Does anybody else do that in your family? You, you kind of go around the room and thankful. But the, the Lord was just, just and uh, we got to talking about how thankful we are for one another and for the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. And, uh, and uh, I'm so excited about all that God is doing for my family, and I'm so excited that God is doing great things in your family. Amen? Someone shout amen. <laughs> amen. God has been oh, just amazingly faithful this year. This was something that was a theme at our table, and maybe it's not at yours, but it was something that I caught and I have not stopped thinking about. Both of my sons said these words. They said, you know, this has been a really tough year, but it's been one of the best years of my life. And I thought about that for a few moments, about the fact that in toughness there was a ray of hope that said, I'm not just going to have a bad year. Things that happen, uh, things in their mother's health and my health, we had surgery, you know, all the things that can go on. And yet it was the best time of their life. They, uh, I just, I wish I could praise God for just a few minutes here today because I'm excited because, yeah, that's right, I'm excited because God's doing good things in your home and in my home. I said he's doing good things. Uh, yeah, well, I can't wait to tell you what God is doing. Amen? We have good things happening in our life despite the circumstance, the news, despite all that's going on. God has remained faithful in the midst of every storm and every situation. So maybe you've had a tough year like us, but it's the best year of your life. And I got to thinking about how God has blessed and brought so much clarity in the chaos. I want to say that again. So brought so much clarity in the chaos. In the chaos, there was clarity. How did that come? Because there was a, a place in every one of our family's lives that they understood what God was calling them to. I'm so excited because God is moving in ways that we've prayed about we fasted about, we have thought about, uh, we have uh, cried about, uh, we have wondered about, uh, and God said, uh, I know you're going through a trial, uh, but I'm going to put you in a season of hope uh, in the midst of your trial, uh, and I'm going to make a, oh, I wish somebody would help me for just a second, I'm going to make a way where there seemeth no way, uh, I'm going to open doors that seem closed, I'm going to allow uh, things to happen that will draw people closer to me uh, in the midst of these great storms. Uh, we have been talking about storms for how long? It seems like for four years we have been talking about things that have buffeted us and, and, and brought us to places we've never thought we would go and brought us to places that we've never been to before. Uh, God is here today to tell you uh, He has not forsaken you. Uh, he has not forgot about you. Uh, he has not forgot about your babies. Uh, he has not forgot about your grandbabies. Uh, he wants you to be in a season of hope. Someone shout amen. Do you believe that today? Uh, uh, you see, you got to believe it in order to achieve it. Do you believe that God has you in a season of hope? Someone shout amen. 
A season of hope. Uh, you're part of my hope. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you're part of my hope. You know why? Because prayers are being answered. Let's talk about this season of hope that we're in. In Romans, Paul writes in chapter 15 and verse 13, uh, there's an interesting passage that says this. Now may the God of hope. How many know he's a God of hope today? Amen. Now may the God of hope uh, fill you. Someone shout out, fill me, Lord. Uh, with all what? Joy and peace in believing. Someone shout, I got to believe. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you got to believe. Yeah, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It took a long time for prayers to be answered, but I never gave up. Come on now, somebody. I never give in because why? God's promises are sure and amen. So with all joy and peace in believing, in believing that you, everybody shout me, uh, may abound in what? Hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, how many in this room know that the Holy Spirit is in you? Uh, that there is something greater than you that is in the world? Uh, how many know that God has something for you in this hour? Because you're not living by your own, you're living by the power of the Holy Ghost. You're not just living, you're living where? In hope. In hope. It's interesting that as we read this passage, Paul, in reflection, I began to see a theme. It's here in this passage of chapter 15 and verse 13 of Romans that we see that it's a God of hope, that he's going to fill me with what? Joy. Uh, someone shout abound. You see, hope is not something that's given out a little bit. Has anybody ever said, do you want a, a slice of, of, of a pumpkin pie? And you say, yeah, man, I'll give you some whipped cream. And they come back. And it's this teeny weeny piece, right? And they have some, uh, oh, no, no. If you're going to feed me on Thanksgiving and I want pie, I want a large piece of pie. Why? Because I'm going down in the calorie count anyway. I might as well go all the way, baby. You know why? Because it's good. I'm going to tell you something, God. God has not brought you to a place uh, where he's giving you teeny weeny hope. Uh, where he's saying, uh, I'm not sure. No, no. I'm sure his mercy endures forever. I say to God, Lord, give me abundant hope. Because why? You are the God of hope. Uh, why wouldn't he give you uh, abounding in hope? Give you a place by the power of the Holy Spirit to live in hope. In the Christmas story, we find in Luke chapter 2 and verse 14, this season of hope is a, a coming alive. It is the beginning of this season. It is the reason for this season. This story about a Christ that was born of a virgin. This story about a Savior that came and wrapped himself in swaddling clothes and laid himself in a manger. It's here that the angels are declaring uh, uh, to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 and 14, this is what it says, glory to God in the highest. What, what God is this? This is the God that's full of hope. Uh, glory to God in the highest. And what? Peace on earth, uh, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. Uh, the first proclamation of his coming was, I'm going to bring peace to this earth. Uh, I'm going to bring peace to your storm. Uh, you say, Pastor, how can I have peace in the midst of a, an emergency room visit? Uh, because you know the God of peace. Uh, and you know that no 
matter what happens, that he's in control, that he has all things in his hands, that he is with you and will experience that love that goes beyond understanding, that peace that goes beyond your understanding. In Matthew 2, referring to the same beautiful story, this is now to the wise men. And they saw the star. They reviewed, they looked, and they saw the star. And they what? Voiced with what? Exceedingly great joy. They saw the star. They understood what it meant. They understood what they would lead them to. In your life and in mind, there is a peace that is promised. Hear me today. And there is a joy that will... Oh, fill your life with something that you have never experienced before. Uh, now let me read Romans. Uh, now may the God fill you with what? All joy uh, and peace uh, in believing that you may abound uh, in hope uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. God you in a place where hope will not fail you. Hope will not leave you. Hope is not something that we hope. Uh, we have an eternal hope. Hope is required. Someone shout this with me. Hope is required for peace and joy. Come on, say it again. Hope is required for peace and joy. If you don't have any peace or joy, you need to check your hope tank. You need to go over and review. Do I have hope when some... I get that hope. Where does that hope come from? When I review my life and I see where God's brought me from and what God has done in my life gives me hope that he's going to take care of me today and tomorrow. Amen. Hope is required for peace and joy. It's something that we have from this God of hope. It's not something you earn. It's something you get as a gift. It is this gift that is so beautiful. It is this gift that God wants you to understand. He purchased this on Calvary. He purchased your peace. He purchased your joy to give you hope in this world. So we, so shall we... Someone shout, I am going to enter into a season of hope. I'm going to enter in a time where I am not going to worry about things uh, like I used to. Because worry bring anything but glory to the enemy of my soul. Uh, it tells the enemy that I doubt my faith, that I doubt my God, that I doubt my call, that I doubt everything around me. Uh, but hope uh, tells me I may not know the answer, uh, but I do know the God of the answer. Uh, I may not know all that's going to happen, uh, but I know that everything's going to be alright uh, because I uh, serve the God of hope. And because I serve him, he's going to give me peace and joy about my situation. And because I call upon him, he's going to give me peace and joy. Why? Because I'm in the Holy Ghost. His spirit is girding me up in my times of trouble. He's saying to me, come on, don't give up. Come on, don't cave in. Come on, stop the worry. Come on now. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. You have a situation in your life you have no answer for. You can still say, I have hope when trouble comes my way. Why? Because there is a place where you get this hope. It is in him that I draw strength. Someone shout amen. So we are in a season of hope because if I, someone shout if I, uh, scream it like you're yelling at the Thanksgiving kids. Come on, if I... 
if I have hope, I can get started again. I can pick myself up. I can decide, well, you know what? I got knocked down, but I'm not staying down. I'm not going to believe the lie that Satan is trying to tell me. In Isaiah 40 and 31, this is what he says. Those who hope in the Lord will what? Renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait upon you. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Why? Because if I have hope, I have the power to start again. I get a fresh breath, a new day, a new start, a new beginning. I have hope. It's a season of hope, not because I possess it, but because God gave it to me as this beautiful gift. The God of hope gave me peace and joy. If I have hope, someone say, if I have hope, I can live with whatever burden might come in my life right now. I can live through every trial that tries to dissuade me and discourage me. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 8, it says this, we have great burdens. Someone shout amen. I said, we have great burdens. Can someone shout yes, Lord? That we were beyond our own strength. Have you ever stood at uh, a moment in my life this year where I stood in uh, a, 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 an emergency room in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and my wife was throwing blood clots in her lungs, and she was struggling to breathe, and she was panicked, and she was pale and sweating, and I wasn't sure if I was going to lose her standing there watching as I didn't know what to, I was helpless. I didn't know what else to do. I had no power to save her in my own hand. We were at the hospitals. The doctors were trying to treat her. Uh, we were at the end of the road when our strength came uh, but there was a strength that came uh, when I took my wife's hand and I began to weep and cry and travail and talk in tongues uh, and declare victory in that room you know why because uh, I can live through the burdens that I am in uh, and the trials that I'm going through if I have hope uh, if I know he's in control uh, if I know that he is a way maker uh, that he will allow me to get strength when I'm at my darkest moment. My strength comes from the Lord. If I have hope, someone shout, if I have hope, uh, I can go on. I can pick myself off the mat uh, and I can keep moving. Uh, I can put the pedal to the metal, so to speak. I can make up my mind that uh, uh, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Uh, I feel the weapon. I look at the weapon. I see the weapon. I hear the weapon, but uh, not uh, prosper. The word prosper means be successful. Uh, the word uh, prosper means that it's going to win. Uh, guess what? It will not win. Cancer will not win. I'm here to preach to you. Lung disease will not win. Heart disease will not. Oh, I need somebody to help me in this house. Depression will not win. Anxiety will not win when uh, why because i have hope i have hope i have hope in the god of abraham isaac and jacob i have hope Woo! Woo! i said i have hope uh, i'm in a season of hope i declare hope i uh, 
I'm not oh, living by my whoa, I'm not living by my own accord. I, I am bought with a price. I, I've been paid for in full. I'm God's child. I'm the Lord's child. I said I'm the Lord's child. I said I'm a king's kid. I said I've been delivered. I've been set free. My body might not know it yet, but I've been delivered. I've been set free. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. <laughs> because if I have hope, I can live through whatever trial I'm going through. It doesn't mean I won't face the trial. It doesn't mean I won't go through the trial. But it means that I have hope that I'll get through it. And everything is going to be in God's hands. I said God's hands. I said God's hands. I feel like David this morning. <laughs> God said, David, you're in big trouble. <laughs> You've messed up and I'm going to... I'm going to punish you, but I'm going to give you three options, three days or three months or three years. And he says, what, Lord, I'm going to, whatever you decide is best. You throw yourself at the mercy of God. And in my darkest trials, I have learned that it's not my will, but it's his will. It's not my way, but it's his way. But all I can do is call upon the name of the Lord because the righteous, you don't feel righteous, you are righteous by the blood of Christ. You say, you don't know what I did yesterday. I don't care what you did. The blood of Christ can still cover you and make a way for you where there seemeth no way. I can go on. I can get strength when I have no strength. I can breathe when I can't breathe. I can live again like dry bones in a desert. Strength will come. Issue by issue, God will show himself strong. Hope is what gives us that strength to go on. To move through trials. Through abuse. Hello, somebody. Through issues we don't understand. Things we disagree with. Things we don't get. Things that we seem like, why would this settle on me? I've been faithful. I've been good. I've done all that I can do. Uh, and God says, keep going. Come on, come on, come on. You can go on. You don't need to stop. Ah, uh, why? Because Job, uh, uh, <laughs> I've got blessings you don't understand. Uh, I've got ways that you don't even comprehend. Uh, keep going. You can, if you have hope. You can go on. You can have the strength to go on. Hope is what gives us that strength. What does it say in 1 Peter 1 and 6? It says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful, what? Joy ahead. And he says, look, he, he already uh, knows your issue. He says, even though the going is what? Rough for a while down here. But shout for a while. Look at your neighbor and say, it's been a while. <laughs> Come on now, it's been three years of a while. <laughs> but it feels like seven or eight or ten years. Am I right? Uh, do you ever get up and you're 35 and you feel like you're 65? Yeah. Do you ever get up and you're 65 and you feel like you're 65? Yeah. Well, God is uh, going to give you strength even though uh, you are going through a trial or a tribulation or something you don't understand. Uh, Peter says what? Be truly glad. Someone shout, truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you're going through tough times while you're down here. Uh, uh, if I have hope, someone shout, if I have hope, uh, I can slow down. Someone shout, slow down. 
Uh, I, I wanted to say this like slow down. Hope doesn't make you frantic. Hope doesn't allow you to feel chaotic. Hope prevents worry. Some of you are not sleeping because your mind will not shut off because you are in a place of worry and not of hope. I'm talking to y'all today. Some of you are not doing well in your health because you are in a place where you are living by your own power, your own strength, and your own way. It's not that you don't want to trust God, but you don't have enough hope to trust God. The world has beat the hope out of you. Your family has beat the hope out of you. Your friends, you're like Job. They have beat the hope out of you. Job's wife said, curse God and die. Get it over with. I'm tired of messing with you. And you need somebody to come along beside you and say, no, you need to hold on, honey. You've got hope when there is no hope. You've got a way where there seemeth no way. You have a God of hope. Someone shout hope. How many of you have prayed this prayer? And if you've not, you need to and pray, Lord, I want you to replace my depression, my anxiety, and my worry with your hope, your faith, and your, your trust. That I can know in Jesus' name that I receive, that I don't know how I'm going to pay for Christmas, but God is going to make a way. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bill on that day or this, but God is going to make a way. I don't know how I'm going to get along with somebody I'm supposed to love and I can't stand them. How do I do that? I allow forgiveness, the gift of forgiveness, to come into my life. There has to be a slowdown. Because when you slow down, hope becomes more defined. It's in the chaos that the enemy loves to distract you so that you forget to look for hope you forget to latch on to hope and you just keep running and running and running never slowing down it's interesting to me in the scripture that it was in the small cloud (laughs) that we found uh, the answer in the old testament for the great storm and rain that was needed in the children of israel it was A still, small voice that came uh, to speak to them. It was not in the thunder nor the fire. It was not in the clouds nor the rain. But it, it was in a still, small voice. You can't hear still, small voices when you're running around. Uh... Um, Sister Eleanor, my mother-in-law, she's of course lives with us, and she, we were at Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, I, we were talking to her, and she's been having problems hearing with her ears. And uh, and mom, if you're watching, I love you. And uh, we, uh, you know, she's been having trouble hearing, so we cleaned her ears. And we're trying to get it all better, and she's like, "Oh man, it's all better." But at the at the Thanksgiving dinner, a lot of voices and everything. I'm saying, "Mom, can I pass you anything, Mom?" And she just keeps going, keeps going, "Mom, Mom." Finally, I got to a, like a fevered pitch, like, "Mom!" And she finally said, "Oh, what? Are you speaking to me?" And everybody starts laughing. Yes, I, you just told us five minutes ago that your ears were fine. It doesn't seem that way, right? So about 10 minutes later, we're there at the table, and we're having a good time, and our granddaughter, Maxine, she uh, is doing something, and, and a question was asked of her by mom, and she, whisp- she was embarrassed about it, so she whispered. She was like, yes. Mom was like, 
I know, I feel the same way. She heard it just like that, right? This little bitty whisper from the far end of the room. She heard my granddaughter go, oh, yes, I think so. That's exactly what I feel, right? And, but she couldn't hear me screaming. I think the difference in my mind, I, I think because I do this to my wife, uh, where she says something to me, and I know her lips are moving, but I cannot hear her, for I am looking at my phone. I'm watching something, I'm doing something, I'm preoccupied, Michigan football, go blue. And if you can see that, in Jesus' name, and we find national championship, in Jesus' name, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. It, it, it's one of those situations where it wasn't that she couldn't hear me, she wasn't paying attention to me. It wasn't that I couldn't hear my wife. I wasn't paying attention to her. My ears are not dead. They are deaf to her when she's trying to get me to do something. And I honestly don't hear it. And she says, I just said that to you five seconds ago. And I said, I didn't hear it. I'm so sorry. And she looks at me like this, yeah, right, look, you know. But it's so true. God needs our attention. And he can't get your attention if you don't slow down long enough to hear his still, small house and sit on that front row in silence until God hears your prayer and answers you. You know, you can't talk and listen at the same time. Some of us need to sit still in the presence of God and slow down long enough to receive the answer God's been trying to give to us for quite a while. Hope allows you to know that I cannot do this on my own. All of my working and frailing around and kicking against the prayer, I cannot do this. God has to do this. So stop acting like you can do this. And get still. Someone shout still. Be quiet before the Lord because hope will give you an assurance in that moment that God has got you. And he knows exactly. Someone shout hallelujah. He knows exactly. If I have hope, I find rest. Psalm 62, I find rest in God. Only he gives me hope. I find rest in God. Are you resting or are you worried? What are you doing today? I want to ask one more time. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring hope to your life. I can have the power of hope. I can get started. I can live with what I'm going through. I can, I can go on. I can slow down and be filled with peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The old chorus I've already sung says, What I have hope when what trouble comes my way. I have hope since Jesus has come to stay. There is a staying of Christ in your life. Most of us lose our hope when we are sporadic in our relationship with God. Our hope wanes when our relationship gets cut off. Have you ever not heard from a friend that you used to hear from all the time? And you begin to wonder, is it something I said? Did I do something? Is there something wrong? Is there, what, what, what's, what, and you find out they've been in the hospital for three weeks. And it was nothing to do with you. But you thought, you thought... And many times in our life, we get disconnected from God through either our sin or our inactivity before him in our prayer life. And when we get disconnected, we feel like he is mad at us. 
that he doesn't love us. When truly it's not him alone, it is us in our habits and in our worship. So today I'm going to challenge you. In a season of hope, you must reconnect to your Savior. Do you want hope when the end time has come upon us? Do you want hope in the midst of the greatest trial of your life? Reconnect yourself to the God of heaven and earth that can take away your worry and give you faith when you have fear. Reconnect to Jesus Christ. So this is how, I'm going to move quickly. So this is how I have hope. Watch this. This is how I have hope. Uh, Is anybody hearing me today? I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this room right now. I want you to lift your hands right now and say, Lord, renew my hope. Come on. I want you, I don't want you just to do it out of command, but I want you to really connect to God right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to replace my fear with the hope that's in you. I want you to replace my depression with the hope I have in you. Lord, help me today to receive the word that Pastor Nate is preaching to us. So this is how I have hope. Listen, I'm going to go quick. Romans 5 and 4, this is what it says. We also rejoice in our suffering. I've always found this passage that Paul writes a very interesting, disturbing passage. So I have what? Rejoicing in my suffering. How many of you have had suffering? I've had some suffering this year. I had to have surgery in my eyes. I promise you, I did not rejoice about that. But there's a place in me that I have to get to where I can rejoice. Rejoice is not happiness. It is a place where you understand the end result, where God has taken you. We confuse rejoicing with happiness. Rejoicing is a command. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Why? Because there is a command there that says, I'm going to give praise to God no matter what's going on in my life. This is not about happiness. This is not about, Way, yay, I got eye surgery. No, no. It's about me saying, uh, oh, I'm having eye surgery. Oh, God, I trust you and I believe you and I know that you are going to make a way. The attitude is one of saying, in my suffering, I'm still going to rejoice. I'm still going to praise God. Someone shout, praise God. This is what he says. Because we know that suffering, everybody say out suffering, produces what? Perseverance. Everybody say Perseverance. Now, what is perseverance? Perseverance is what? It helps us to understand that we got to keep going when we don't feel like keep going. Have, did anybody this week wake up one morning and say, I really just want to lay here in bed some more, right? There is a perseverance that says, no, you got to get up and put the turkey in. You got to get up and make ready for the house. You got to do some things, right? And you got to do and go and do. We do this at work. We have to go. We don't feel like working, but we kill, keep going. Why? Because we got bills to pay and stuff we got to persevere we got to push through and perseverance brings what character character is something that is developed in me by my habits I can have bad character or good habits good character right bad habits I can be a liar right and it develops a character in me that makes me dishonest about everything in my life people that begin to lie they they become dishonest and it, it becomes so natural to them they don't even know that they're doing it but they could become this person that tells lies over over the smallest itty bitty things when they don't need to or have to, but it's a part of their character. 
And you can have the same true by telling the truth and being honest and being forthright. Why? Because in our lives we choose uh, through our actions and our mind uh, what character we will have in our life. No one was born with bad character. No one was ever born uh, that you are destined to complete and go to hell. That's a lie from hell and I don't believe it. Uh, no one has destined you to be an alcoholic or an abuser of drugs or anything else, an adulterer, whatever you want to put out there that might be sinful, God has made us that we make choices as free will creatures. Someone shout, yeah, preacher, you're doing it right, right? Because why? I'm trying to tell you the truth that character is something that we receive when we what? When we are rejoicing in our suffering, when we're not complaining and making everybody miserable and doing all kinds of things that God's not happy, covering it up and trying to remove it from our lives. Why? Because suffering produces perseverance and character and character what it produces hope 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 through in my character I can now say I have hope why why because God made a way where there seemeth no way I don't get this so when I get a problem right understand that number one the problem is inevitable someone shout it's inevitable the scripture says in Psalms, we are a few days and full of trouble. Problems are inevitable. You are going to face things in your life that you don't deserve. It's not fair. You don't like and nobody else likes. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, there is a God that says it rains on the just and on the unjust. Uh, that you have to live in a sinful world. Uh, and our, uh, we don't live in a world that we obtain to, but we obtain to a heavenly place. We are citizens of heaven. Second, problems are always unexpected. Don't you wish you could get a notice in your email? Uh, your sickness is on the way. It's coming. It will be there in 30 days, right? That we could prepare and we could get ready. That's not how it works. Uh, hope is something that is needed immediately. Uh, it's something that's needed right now. Uh, hope is not something you build up to. Uh, it's something that you live in and stand in. Uh, I'm not going to walk by my own mind, my own thoughts, or my own way. I'm going to live in this hope that God, third, promises, uh, or problems rather, are used by God. God to develop us. Look at life of Job. Look at these things. God didn't send the problems. He allows them to what build us up and develop us and grow us and mature us in him so that we can have greater and stronger hope and faith. Number two, I practice and I must do this patience with the problems I face in my life. We live in a McDonald's society. We live in a world that says what I want it right now. I want it yesterday. I want it right now. I hate waiting in the drive-through at Culver's, right? Can you, here's the number. Can you pull up to the next spot up there? And you wait, and you wait, and there's 20 other people waiting with you, right? I hate that, right? Just give me my food already, right? It literally makes me avoid Culver's drive-through because I hate standing in those uh, sidelines. Why? Because I feel useless. I feel like I'm wasting the day, right? It's something, but it's not really that big a deal. It's two minutes or less, and someone real sweet and nice comes out and gives you your bag of food. It's no big deal, but there's something inside of us that we want it fast. God is saying, show patience with your trials. Someone shout, patience. If we must keep, listen, Romans 8 and 25. If we must keep trusting God for something that hasn't happened yet, it teaches us to wait patiently and confidently on the Lord. There are a lot of ways that we can try to escape this patient step. Uh, 
We try to run from our problems. We try to hide from our problems. We try to cover them up with different substances. We can sit in front of Netflix for hours on end so we don't think about our trouble. Nobody ever does that. I know as you Christians, you don't do that. But you can cover it up with alcohol. You can cover it up with all kinds of things that will cause trouble in your life. God is saying, slow down. Have patience on me. I'm working things out in your life. Live in the place I purchased for you. Live in hope. Someone shout hope. Romans 15 and 4 says this. The scripture gives us patience and encouragement so that we can have hope. It develops our character. How many know that he's changing us every day? I said, how many know he's changing us every day? How many know that you should be changing every single day? You should let God develop you, growing you. James wrote this in 1 and 4. He says, don't try to squirm out of your problems. Hear me today. Don't try to squirm out of your problems. Don't try to make a way where there seemeth no way. Don't try to, to, to make up things and try to sidecar and make a, a shortcut. Don't try. No, James is saying, don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in what? Full bloom. Then you will be ready for anything. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Strong in character. Full. Do you hear me? Full and complete. You want to be whole in Christ? Show patience. You want to be fully developed in God? Show patience. Don't squirm out of your problems. Don't make excuses. Don't try to get other people to speak different things. Do you know that you can find a prophet to tell you anything you want to hear? They're not prophets. They're false prophets. But you're going to find somebody somewhere on the internet or wherever it might be to tell you whatever you want to hear. Be patient with God and hear the word of the Lord for yourself. Someone shout amen. I don't like this though. Nobody likes it. But don't try to squirm out of it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, what? Acknowledge him and what he shall bring it to pass. Some of us, instead of trying to build character in order to build hope, we try to build our bank accounts because that makes us have hope. (laughs) That hope is fleeting, my friend. It can be gone tomorrow. There's a temptation to think if I can get enough things in my life, if I can get enough houses and cars and stuff, then I can build a foundation on hope. I can build hope for myself. God has another word for you. You cannot build on shifting sands. First Timothy says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but put their what? Hope in in God who richly provides for us with everything for our enjoyment for everything for our enjoyment uh, you got to enjoy hope uh, the New Testament word for hope occurs one time in the New Testament before the resurrection uh, and then after the resurrection in the book of Matthew it occurs 70 times uh, after the resurrection uh, there's something about this resurrection there's something about a birth uh, there's something about this Jesus uh, there's something about a savior that says uh, I can have hope in the midst of my greatest trials. 
1 Peter in his great mercy someone shout his mercy come on stand with me in his mercy come on stand with me in his mercy someone shout his great mercy his great mercy he hath given us new birth uh, into a living hope uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, Lamentations records uh, this, but I have hope uh, when I think of this. Uh, The Lord's love uh, never ends uh, and His mercy uh, never stops. Those Jesus said through the voice box of Isaiah 49 and 23, those uh, who hope in me will not be disappointed where's your hope today are you willing to lay aside some stuff are you willing to decide I can't do this on my own I don't have nor can I manufacture hope that I need in this world how many of you are willing to say afresh and anew Lord I'm going to step in come on now step into a season of hope It's a season of gratitude. It's a season of giving. It's a season of receiving. It's a season of faith. It's a season that says there is a new beginning. It's a season that says I'm going to see my babies come back to God when I didn't think that could ever happen. I'm going to see things that I've never seen before. I'm going to see miracles in my life. I'm going to see healings and miracles and signs. I'm going to see the wonders of God. Not because I have produced it, but because I have a God, the God of hope, who is giving me what? Joy and peace. And that God of hope is filling me. He's filling me. He's filling me. We disconnected from your Savior. If you're really, this is, Brother Stefan, this is. I did it last Sunday. I'm going to do it again. If you're comfortable in this house, guests, you're welcome. Don't feel pressure anyone if you want to come. I, I, I want to invite you to this. It's just a, an area where we come together as a family and we pray. It's like our table in the living room. We, we all come together and we, we are thankful together. We praise God together. How many can I invite today just to come around this, this altar area up here uh, and recommit yourself uh, to God uh, and the hope that He wants to give you today? Oh, yeah, always holds me. Come on, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost touch you today. Come on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, how.